Hello, this is Evangelist Stacy Gibson with He's Got the Whole World in His Hands Ministry. Welcome to Podcasting for Christ. As promised on my promo, we're going to be staying above the line on tonight's episode. Uh, staying above the line will be coming from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. But let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear God, I love you and I thank you, Father, dear God, for all that you do. Yeah, I thank you for your mercy, your grace your compassion, your kindness, and I thank you, Father, for your forgiveness, Father, dear Lord. I do ask you to forgive me for all my sins, my iniquities, my trespasses, that I've sinned against you and you alone, dear God. Dear God, I thank you for this podcast. I thank you, Father, dear God, for all the listeners. I thank you, dear God, for all that you do, and I just pray right now, if there's someone listening, Father, dear God, that they're lost, that you would save their soul. If they're backslidden, you'd restore them. And if they're on the front lines, dear God, I pray for encouragement for them. Dear God, I also pray right now that the Holy Spirit, that your spirit would be with me right now. Dear God, you be the speaker, you be the preacher, you be the podcaster, Father, dear Lord, and use me in a mighty way, Father, dear God, to get your message out there, Father, dear Lord. And I pray right now, Father, dear God, that people would share this episode and share it with lost uh, loved ones and, and, and family members. And dear God, uh, like I said, dear Lord, the sole purpose, dear God, is to get people saved, Father, dear Lord. And I just pray right now, dear God, that you would help us to all learn now, dear God, in Jesus' name, how to stay above the line, Father, dear Lord. And dear God, I'm going to be careful. I'm going to give you all the praise. I'm going to give you all the glory and all the honor that is due you, Father, dear God, for everything that is done. And I thank you for your son, Jesus, who died on that cross for our sins, that atonement, that reconciliation, the the, the, uh, redemption that we have through your son, Jesus, who shed all of his blood on that cross of Calvary, Father, dear Lord. Thank you so much for all you do. And now be with me now, Father, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I got the coffee ready and I'm good to go. Let's go ahead and get your Bibles out and let's go ahead and dive in to God's Word together here. I'm in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you represent your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. A lot of key things there in that. We know that it's our reasonable service. We know that we're not to be conformed to the world, but we're to be transformed. There needs to be a renewing in our minds. And yes, it's the least we can do. And we're staying above the line tonight. We have many lines in this world. A line that we do not cross. A bottom line a long line to stand in. We have power lines, we have plumbing lines, and my favorite is the finish line, right? (laughs) Lines also go in various directions, horizontal lines, vertical lines, parallel lines, perpendicular lines, and even squiggly lines that curl and loop. A line can be defined as a straight set of points that extend in opposite directions. It has no end, it is infinite, 
and it has no thickness and is one-dimensional. Now, one day there will be a line in heaven. There's going to be a long line and a short line. All wanting to be, all, excuse me, all waiting to be judged. A line for the great white throne, that's going to be the long line. You don't want to be in this line, trust me. And a line for the bema seat of Christ, which will be the shorter line. Now, 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Now, the great white throne, we find that in Revelations chapter 20, 11 through 15. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and, the, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Unfortunately, this will be the long line. Brother Stacy, you're talking about these lines here. Now, where do you get that from? Well, let me just show you. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14 says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, which is wide, uh, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. So listen to that now. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth into life, and few there be that find it. I tell you, I do a salvation call every episode. Here we go right now. Please call out to Christ today. And make sure you are in the right line. Make sure that you're going to be in that short line that leads to Christ Jesus and His Bema Seat. Call out to Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Excuse me, some coffee. Call out to him today. Now today I want to talk about a line that we should stay above. It's going to be a bar that is set, so to speak, a standard to strive to rise and stay above. See, we serve a holy God, and God is holy, and we set the bar high, and we should set the bar high and strive to be holy as well. This may seem hard to do since our righteousness is as filthy rags, but Isaiah 64, 4-7, through 7, For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither have the eye seen, or God beside thee, O God beside thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. Thou meetest him that rejoiceth and worketh righteousness. Those that remember thee in thy ways, behold, Thou art wroth, for we have sinned, and those is continuance, and we shall be saved. But we are all as unclean thing, 
or we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as the leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. And there is none that calleth upon thy name that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee. For thou hast hid thy face from us, and hast consumed us because of our iniquities. When compared to an holy God, this is what we are. However, we are going, we are going to fail God. We are going to disappoint God. We are going to miss the mark at times. But this does not mean that we give up and do not try to be holy. We are to set our line high and keep striving for perfection, even though it is an extremely, even though it is extremely difficult and impossible without the help of God in His Spirit. Even when a batter keeps striking out, he still steps up to the plate to try again. We are not to quit or to give up, even when we have failed many times. You know, Thomas, Thomas Edison failed 10,000 times before perfecting the incandescent electric light bulb, and he remained positive that success would come Notice that. I don't know about you, but 10,000 times of failure, how many people do you know that would go through something like that that many times? That's a lot of failure. But I can tell you for sure that I've failed God more than that. Now, many great things that we have today came about through rigorous trial and error. Uh, though many, through many failed attempts, from those who persevered, stayed on course despite having little or no success. Every day will be a battle to do the right thing. Every day we must be ready to press forward no matter what we face, and every day we must put on the whole armor of God and not accept defeat. When we do fall, we must be quick to pick ourselves back up and get forgiveness and move forward. Now Satan, he will always try to make you feel like giving up. He will make you feel unworthy. He will make you feel useless and unfit to be used by God. However, this is far from truth. According to what we read, to what we read earlier in Isaiah's writing, no one could ever be used by God if this were true. No one is without sin. This is where we all fall into the same category. And it is very important to remember what Christ has done for us. By His bloodshed, our sins are covered. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. And we can live free when we get forgiveness. Not to be saved, but to be restored. To have a restored fellowship with God. You see, sin separates us from God and breaks our fellowship with Him. This is why we daily repent. We want fellowship restored, and we want God to hear our prayers. Now, you've heard me quote this plenty of times here. John 9, 31, Now we know God heareth not sinners. But if any man be a worshiper of God, and doeth his will, him he heareth. Now, we can't have success on our own. 
we must, we must have God's help. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. So you see, we, we can have success. We can become overcomers in Christ. We can have the victory over sin because of Christ's blood. We must be willing to rise above the line daily and continue to raise the line if needed. And remember, there are lines that with God's help we should not cross. But if we do, as I've said many times, just simply just, just get forgiveness and move forward. Step back across the line and stay on course. Now, I've fallen below the line many times in my life. And God has never abandoned me. God has never forsook me, God, nor left me to deal with the circumstances alone. What an awesome God. And God has always been on my side. He's always wanted me to have great success, wanted me to have the victory, wanted me to stay above the line. And He wants you to as well. Romans 8.31 What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Can I give you the answer? No one. I have said before, God is our biggest fan. He is our greatest cheerleader. He's the best coach. He's the perfect teacher. He's an enthusiastic and vocal support group who never tires or gets weary. He's never exhausted or loses interest in what is most beneficial to us and our walk with Him. God is kind. God is loving. God is patient. God is tolerable. God is enduring. And He never, never gives up on us. He's always willing and able to be there for us to help us. When we put our faith in Him, when we trust Him, when we come to Him, when we listen to Him, when we do not doubt Him and His abilities, when we stay above the line, we will stand out among others. My mom used to tell me all the time when I wanted to do something just because others were doing it, well, if they jumped into the fire, would you jump in? Just because something is popular in the world does not make it right in God's sight. The world will tell you a little sin is okay. One drink will not hurt. Drugs are okay, just don't do too much. Just lie, they will never find out. Don't stay a virgin, you will not get pregnant. Everybody else is doing it. And on and on it goes with reasons why it's okay to sin, however. In order to stand out among the rest, we must stay above the line and make the better choice, make the right decision, and do what we know pleases God. Our prisons, hospitals, cemeteries are full of people who just made one bad choice. Sometimes that's all it takes to change someone's life forever. Let that soak in while I grab some coffee.
The cemeteries, prisons, hospital, they're all full of people who just made one bad choice. I'm okay to drive. No one is watching. I won't get caught. Reminds me of helping move something for someone and they will tell you, uh, you don't need a, to strap it down. It's okay. We're, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> we all know how this is going to play out, right? It's the famous last words. Hmm. Life is full of people who wished that they would have made better choices. Life is full of people who'd wish they'd listened to their parents. Life is full of people who wish they would have obeyed God and stayed above the line. Believe me, I have many, many regrets and I wish I could go back and do things different. However, I am very thankful for God's great mercy and grace that He has bestowed upon me and that He has had His hand on me and my life often saving me even from myself and poor decisions. That's the God I serve, an awesome God who saves me from myself oftentimes, who's never condemned me, who's always been there for me, always helped me. A loving, caring, kind God who wants what's best for me. How is it that you, that you meet people that are, that are blind, maybe deaf, even lame and, and poor, but seem to have a better spirit and outlook on life than those that are healthy, rich, and blessed to have eyesight and hearing? How is this possible? Any ideas? They know how good God truly is and that things in this life are temporal and the best is simply yet to come. And they know what it means to be forgiven. They know what it means to be loved. And they know what it means to live free. They are standing out among the rest. They are living above the line. They know the truth about God. And I've told you many times, I will always give you truth. John 8, 32, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hey, this world is not concerned about truth. This world is not concerned about living above the line or where they are going to end up after this life is over. This is why it is so very important that we let our light shine and be a witness for Christ. When witnessing for Christ, we are staying above the line. Amen. Let's take a quick break right here. We'll be right back. Hello and welcome back. Uh, we were talking about uh, some things that the world is not concerned about. They're not concerned about truth. They're not concerned about living above the line or whether they are where they're going 
chapter to end up after this life is over. And it kind of reminds me of a, 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 I heard something that Billy Graham said one time, and, and, and I want to uh, quote that, that this for you. It says, the, the baby's clothes are fine, but the baby is missing. <laughs> now, how crazy is that? How the baby's clothes are fine, but the baby's missing. Hmm. It's, it's as if we're, we're, we care more about the baby's clothes than the baby itself. However, that is what we do when we care more about the body than the soul. We will do everything we can to look better, to feel better in this life. We will work out, try to make our outside appearances look better. We'll, we'll brush our hair and, you know, not that we're not supposed to do those things, uh, but, we'll, we're, but we're so over-concerned with our appearance and the outside that we're not concerned about what's on the inside. We're not really concerned about where we're going to spend eternity or we're not really concerned about appearing at the judge, at the bema seat of Christ. Like I said, we, we will do everything we can to look and feel better in this life, but have no concern for the afterlife. Sure, we can make the body look good at a funeral, but no matter how you dress up a corpse, the final destination is chosen now while they are alive. Charles Spurgeon said this, to wash and dress a corpse is far different, a far different thing from making it alive. We can dress up this body all we want to. We can look good. But you know, it's what's on the inside that counts. It's what's on the inside that God is looking at. And, and you need to have the blood of Jesus covering you. And it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside. It is regeneration. It's being born again. It is accepting God's salvation plan that saves you. And finding salvation is the first step in staying above the line. It's as simple as that. We don't need to be concerned with so many things that we are concerned with today. There are so many people out there that are worried about a name brand that they're wearing uh, you know and I'm, I've been guilty of this in my life I go to the store I try to buy, uh, buy what's what's a top name brand sometimes and wear what's best but we know right now that it is simply what you have on the inside and if you are saved and bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ you we all ought to know better we all know that hey God looks upon the heart of the people and we know right now that even says in the Old Testament, you know, that, that, you know, well, Jesus actually spoke of this, said, you know, that your lips speak of me, but your heart is far from me. And we can talk a big game if we want to, but God knows our inside. And to care more about the baby's clothes than the baby is ludicrous, right? But that's just the same silliness that we do when we care more about our outside than the inside. And that is simply not staying above the line. Now, the Bible is full of great men in the, who, who, who are, can be great examples for us but, of, of them because they stayed above the line. 
or they can be great examples to us, I should say. I'm going to give you a few here, and I know the Bible's full of many of them, but I'm going to give you some of my favorite. How about that? Let's do that. Now, Abraham stayed above the line. He stayed above the line in his faith. He trusted God, and wherever God led him, he followed. He left all he had and trusted God to bring him to his final destination, taking a step of faith each time. Often he didn't know where he was going. God told him to move, and he just moved. He didn't know the final destination. It was a step of faith each time. And we all know how he offered his only son, his promised son, that he waited 25 years for that answered prayer that he offered him on the altar and would have took his life if God had not stopped him. And Abraham simply passed the test. The test of faith. Genesis 22:2, and he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. See, Abraham trusted God. He knew that God was able to raise Isaac from the dead because he was the promised heir. When God makes a promise, we should count on it. It is, a, is as good as done. God never fails to keep His promises. And when we trust God and have faith, we are staying above the line. Is that you? Do you have that kind of faith? Do you have that kind of trust? Would you go wherever God asked you to go? Would you do whatever God asked you to do? Let me tell you another favorite of mine is Noah. Noah stayed above the line and stood amount, stood out among those around him, for God saw that he was the only one seeking him in a fallen world. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 6, verse 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Oh, that we could say that about ourselves. I mean, I know that God has, we found grace, we've all found grace in the eyes of God if He saved our soul because He's called us and down to that altar and we gave our life to Him. But are we living a life that pleases God? Are we living a life like Noah lived and would be obedient? I think of the ridicule that this man went through. I think of the turmoil. I think of all the laughter and the mocking that this man went through. And not to mention all the labor it took for him and his small family to build a humongous ark. But it was a life-saving device for them. Now, I'm not sure how many people inhabited the world in Noah's day. However, for only eight souls to be saved by the ark from the flood is astounding. And for Noah and his family to be saved, they were certainly staying above the line. We could also conclude that Noah had faith and that he trusted God. I hope God never asked me to build an ark like that, which I'm pretty sure he won't. That, that's done. He's, the, the rainbow in the sky tells us that God will never do a universal flood again, so we don't have to worry about that. But, but I guess it really doesn't matter whatever God asks us to do. He's going to be there with us. He's going to lead us through it. 
He's going to give us the capabilities and the resources, and He's going to help us. He won't leave us alone. So I guess no matter what great task God asks us to do, we ought to do it with confidence, knowing that God would never ask anything of us. That, we, that He felt like that we were not capable of handling. And yes, as I said before, we can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. Strengtheneth us. Hmm. Let's move on. I got one. I got this. Uh, yeah, let's do one more character. I guess one of my favorite uh, uh, persons in the Bible. I shouldn't say character, but is uh, one of my favorites is Joseph. He showed great character and definitely. Definitely, definitely, if anybody stayed above the line, it was Joseph. You know, no matter what happened to him or where he ended up, he always seemed to accept his situation as coming from God. And we need to do the same thing. We all need to do that. Everything that happens to us every day, no matter what it is, and even God, when he allows enemies to come against us and and uh, come at us and tempt us and and, and, and get and try to ruffle our feathers and do uh, say angry or mean uh, be angry at us and say mean things. We, we have to know right now we have to view everything as simply coming from God. But see, you never heard of Joseph complaining. You never heard him whine. And you never heard him get angry because of his circumstances. Is that you? Can you say that today? His brothers were jealous of him. They sold him to the Ishmaelites. The Ishmaelites sell him to Potiphar. Joseph went on to be tempted. He was accused of wrongdoing. He was cast into prison. You know what? Let's read that. Let me get the Bible out here. I want to read Genesis. Let's go to Genesis. Let's look at chapter... Uh, 37. Yeah, let's look at 37 and let's read 28 through maybe 36. Let's look at that. I want you to see the things that Joseph went through and how he stayed above the line. Verse 28 says, And then there passed by Midian, Midianites merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit. See, these brothers had already cast him into a pit. And they sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver, and they brought Joseph into Egypt. And Reuben returned into the pit, and behold, Joseph was not in the pit, and he rent his clothes, and he returned to his brethren, and said, The child is not, and I, whither shall I go? And they took Joseph's coat, and killed a kid of the goats, and dipped the coat in the blood. And they sent the coat of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, This have we found. Know now whether it be thy son's coat or no. And he knew it and said, It is my son's coat. An evil beast hath devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces. And Jacob his father rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins and mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and all his daughters 
rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. And he said, For I will go down into the grave until my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Notice uh, 36 goes on to say, And the Mennonites sold him into Egypt unto Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and captain of the guard. Now let's uh, let's skip over to chapter 39. I want to look at Joseph when he's been tempted here and accused of wrongdoing. And then he's going to be cast into prison here. So we're going to do 39, 7 through 23, I guess. Yes, we'll just read all that. And uh, let's we'll start here. You know, Joseph, like I said, he, he was... Uh, He'd been sold to Potiphar, and now uh, he was in Potiphar's house, and we know that he was given a great authority and and and, and everything. And, and we know now that um, his wife, Potiphar's wife, came to him, wanting him to lie with her. Now let's look. Let's 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 say. Let's start in verse seven here. It says, and it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused. Notice Joseph is staying above the line. When you refuse sin, when you walk away from sin, when you flee from sin, that's staying above the line. And said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master, what not what is with me in the house? And he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. Basically, he's telling, he says, Look, uh, this guy's Potiphar, he's been good to me. And he's given me charge over things of his house. And that's one thing I don't want to do is, is, is mess this up. I, and, and you know what? He's going to go on and say he's not going to want to sin against his God. That's the big reason. But there's none greater in, the, in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee. And because thou art his wife, how then can I do this great wickedness, and notice this, and sin, against God. See, that was Joseph's major concern, and that's what we need to be. Uh, it's, it's, it's more concerned about singing against God. And let me tell you, if, that, if that's not staying above the line, there is no staying above the line. And it came to pass, as he spake to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. Now he's going to be accused of wrongdoing. And it came to pass when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and was fled forth, that she called unto the men of her house and spake unto them, saying, See, he hath brought in a Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. And it came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried, that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. And she laid up his garment by her until his Lord came home. And she spake unto him according to uh, these words, saying, The Hebrew servant which thou hast brought unto us came in unto me to mock me. 
And it came to pass as I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled out. And it came to pass when his master heard the words of his wife, which she spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me, that his wrath was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in the prison. Notice verse 21. This is very important for us to all notice. Whenever we're going through a hard time, whenever circumstances seem unfair to us, notice this. Verse 21 says, But the Lord was with Joseph and shewed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Amen. Glory be to God. Even when we're in, 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 the, in poor situations, God's with us and God is for us if we'll just stay true to Him. And God knew that Joseph was innocent. And if you're innocent of wrongdoing that the, the people are accusing you of, God is on your side and God knows. Hey, the truth will make you free, correct? And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. God was with Joseph the whole time. And we know that Joseph stayed above the line, and we know that there's a, we, we don't need to cast away our confidence because it has a great recompensive reward, the Bible tells us. And we also know right now if we'll just hold on, if we'll just stay true, if we'll just stay above the line, good things will eventually happen. That may not be in this life. We may have to struggle in this life. I don't, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, that God's going to bless the latter end of our life, but I can tell you one thing right now. If we'll stay true to God, our blessings and our rewards will come one day in this life or the next. But we know with Joseph, after all he's been through, he's been sold. He's been, uh, his, his father thinks he's been, you know, devoured by some wild beast and he's cast into prison and and you know and the and we know right now that God had his hand on him and we know the butler and the baker were in prison and, and there was the dreams that happened the butler's dreams and Joseph uh, simply made a request and went on and we know right now that uh, the Joseph did the fulfillment of the dreams and and Joseph was eventually remembered and you know what to make a long story short here we know that Joseph was eventually made second in command over all of Egypt. And he even saved his brothers, his family, from a great famine in the land. Not, not to say, not to mention that he saved all of, of Egypt from this famine. But notice this that Joseph, he, he never opened his mouth kind of reminds you of Jesus Christ when he was on the cross. He never opened his mouth. Joseph stayed above the line. Now we could go through the whole Bible and find many of God's servants who stayed above the line, who trusted God and who had great faith. 
I guess I could say that our scripture text today came from the Apostle Paul, and he stated our, in our scripture text today to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. And the Apostle Paul was one who stayed above the line. When Paul tells us it is our reasonable service, it is not asking too much for us. God is holy and we too should strive to be holy. Our whole life should be a living sacrifice. This means giving, uh, not, uh, giving up our will and doing God's will. It means being content where God has us. It means being thankful for all that God has done and continues to do for us. It means trusting in His Word. It means keeping the faith and not wavering. It means no doubts about God's abilities. It means a fully surrendered walking in the Spirit, never giving up no matter how tough things get, so we can keep pressing forward with a smile on our face and keep the joy of the Lord in the good times and in the bad, forgiving all who have wronged us, praying without ceasing, reading, studying, and meditating in God's Word, listening and obeying God no matter what the cost, not giving place to Satan, seeking out the lost and giving them the gospel truth, wanting the best for others, putting on the whole armor of God daily, being ready to do battle, praising God always, being just in all our endeavors and deeds, encouraging others, being kind, loving, and gentle, and being Christ-like. Jesus was compassionate, loving, forgiving, committed, prayerful, gentle, patient, full of self-control, humble, and a some humble and a servant of God. Christ Jesus is our perfect example of one who pleased the Father in all things. And we too should be staying above the line, standing out among others and living for Christ. We too should have those same characteristics of God, those same characteristics of Christ. We too should be compassionate. We should be loving. We should be forgiving. We should be committed. We should be prayerful. We should be gentle. We should be patient and full of self-control and simply be a servant of God. Now, when we stay above the line, we lay up treasures in heaven, and we will be full of joy, and our cup will be running over. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. And God will bless us abundantly. Hey, this is Evangelist Stacy Gibson with He's Got the Whole World in His Hands Ministry, and we are podcasting for Christ. In tonight's episode, Staying Above the Line, I hope and pray right now that that's exactly what you would do, that you would start setting your bar high, that you would stay above the line and not cross it. And when you do fall, it's my prayer that you pick yourself back up and keep going forward. And remember, you're in Christ and He's in you. Remember, you're already seated in heavenly places. And remember to live free and don't let Satan keep you down. Amen. I'll close with a quick prayer. Dear Lord, we love you and thank you, Father, dear God, for all that you do. Now I'll pray right now for every listener, Father, dear God. Dear Lord, if that lost person's listening, I pray right now, please, dear God, save their soul, Father. Convict their hearts right now, Father, dear Lord. 
help them to get your word out. Help them to make a phone call now to contact somebody they know that goes to church and is saved. And find, let help them to find you, Father. Be real to them in a mighty way, Father, dear God. And dear God, simply be with those that are that have turned their back on you, Father, and put you on a shelf. And dear God, it's my prayer for those out there, Father, dear Lord, that are. I pray for missionaries. I pray for pastors. I pray for evangelists. I pray for uh, radio stations and all podcasts that are out there, Father, dear God, that they would reach the people that need to be reached. I pray for America right now, Father, dear God. Oh, Lord, help us, dear God. You've blessed America, but dear God, now it's my prayer you help America. And I thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ that covers me. I thank you for this podcast. I thank you for my listeners, Father, dear God. And it's my prayer, dear God, that everyone listening would be sure to tell someone else about this podcast. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Hey, glory be to God. Have a good weekend and we'll see you next time.